Welcome to another episode of the Halloween Podcast. I'm your host, Lyle Perez, and today I have my friend Jenny on, and we're going to talk about something very fun, very crazy. We're going to see what we think, but uh, Jenny, how you doing? I'm doing so good. Good, good. I am glad. So in this episode of the Halloween Podcast, we're going to talk about the movie House from 1977. House... <laughs> yes, it is a <laughs> Japanese film, Chinese film. Uh, Japanese. Japanese, and it's subtitled. So I, if you know me, I do have a problem with trying to do subtitles, especially with something that I got to take notes with so I can talk about it later. Having to take notes, trying to keep up with the movie, read the subtitles. I had to go back numerous times to figure out what was going on, but I don't think it was the subtitles. I think it was the movie. I had no idea what was going on most of the time. But it was an interesting movie. Uh, Jenny's the one that brought it up and said, hey, we need to talk about this one. So here we are. Yeah, not enough people have seen this movie. It's a very visual film. Um, It's insane. I think uh, many people would agree it's one of the most insane movies ever. And especially being in the 70s, you know, it's kind of like the perfect time for a movie like this to come out. So uh, I have a lot of fun watching it and I think it's perfect for the season. Oh, yeah. It was a perfect movie for the season. It was so strange. Um, And it it totally was something that needs to be watched during Halloween because it is very visual. There was a lot of um, effects, a lot of horror elements in the show or in the movie. And it was just way off the top. (laughs) So the movie came out in September of 1977. And after watching it, or actually, before I watched it, I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes and saw that it got it's at 90% right now. So I said, wow, this movie has to be good. I saw the trailer and then I thought, how does this movie have 90% on Rotten Tomatoes? And then I watched it and I said, hmm, I, I guess it's kind of a, um, you, you need to like that style of movie. And that's probably why these critics gave it such a high number. It is a Criterion Collection film. And I think uh, it's because it uses every visual trick in the book Mm -hmm. that was available at the time. So I think it's just a great movie to study if you want to see ways to experiment. Because it's not artsy-fartsy. It's still really fun. Um, But it does do a lot of stuff that experimental artistic directors would try in order to make like a psychedelic film. And, I mean, everything from video effects to... Uh, makeup effects to practical effects mm-hmm. uh, it it does everything in the book right yeah it, it did quite quite a bit of stuff um, it, it did seem ahead of its time at some at, on some scenes um, I was kind of thinking how do they pull that off when I know in in those times they didn't have all the CGI that we got now so it was all practical effects and um, they did a really good job with with a lot of that stuff I was surprised yeah and I think it holds up 
in like a modern audience is going to be just as shocked by this as the audience when it first came out would be. So right, I was shocked, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get let's get into the movie. Um, the movie is is more or less about a um, about a group of girls, seven of them, who go on vacation to an aunt's house, to one of the girls' aunt's house, and a lot of craziness happens in that house. Yeah, that's that's the simplest way to put it. It's um Do you mind if I bring up I have a comparison for those that are looking for a reason to or to not watch this. Go ahead. Okay, so I can't help but compare this to a movie that a lot of people appreciate called Cabin in the Woods. And it's one of my favorite most recent horror films came out in 2011. Um and much like Cabin in the Woods, I mean, I'm not going to reveal any spoilers for Cabin in the Woods because if you haven't seen it you should just experience it on its mm -hmm. own merit right. but in a similar way to Cabin in the Woods this movie is a typical teen movie for about the first 20 minutes but in like a self-referential way kind of like a parody I don't think it's taking itself seriously mm -hmm. and it's about the archetypes that you see in most horror films going on a typical horror adventure but again in like a winking to the audience kind of way and the girls that you mentioned are all named to reflect their archetypes. Mm -hmm. So there's Sweet, who is just someone that wants to help everyone. There's Fantasy, who has like this really vivid imagination. Gorgeous, she's a beautiful protagonist. Kung Fu, she's sporty. Mac eats a lot, so I don't know if it's like a Big Mac. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought Mac um, and cheese is what I thought. Yeah, or Mac and cheese. Um, Melody is very musical. Prof is a geek, kind of like professor, mm -hmm. you know. And then there's like a harbinger of evil. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of comparisons you can make. But my point is that if you like Cabin in the Woods, I think you would really enjoy this movie. Yeah, I haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, but now I'm gonna have to check it out because honestly, I did in some strange way. I did enjoy this movie. Yes, I mean it's it's gonna be a polarizing movie. You're gonna either love it or leave it. And for me, it takes it takes a lot of creativity to really grab my attention sometimes. And this movie is nothing but creativity. Right. So I have to applaud that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it does have quite a big imagination when it comes to a lot of the stuff. Um, I'm not exactly sure um, how how the like I I don't know because in, in the beginning of the movie it's about. Um, like you said, it's about the teenage girls, and they're pretty much, you know, playing with, playing jokes on each other, having fun. Um, they're at school wearing their little schoolgirl outfits, um, so you kind of get that that um, that scene, and then it, it kind of goes into um, the main girl, uh, gorgeous, who, who she's having. She, she loves her dad, but then her dad brings in another woman. And she just doesn't want anything to do with that. That's why she she doesn't go with them to that trip. She goes to the house instead. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of felt more or less that um, a lot of the stuff that was happening was because she was having such a hard time with her, her uh, dad finding a new love. And that's what ended up being at the end. Her aunt was wasn't really alive in the entire movie she was like a spirit who was just sitting there waiting for her love to come through um or to to come back from world war ii but um to me that that's kind of i kind of saw that coming from mile away just because of the first scene or the first couple of scenes with her dad 
Right, absolutely. And it's, to me, like, that's another parody moment, is it's this typical thing that you see in a bunch of different movies, but, like, when the, the who's going to be the new stepmother walks in, she walks in where a fan is blowing on her, and she has a scarf that's blowing in the wind the entire time that she walks, and it's only <laughs> on her. It doesn't affect the other people in the room. Right. And I found that really funny, because they're showing you in a very visual way that she's this perfect woman, but it doesn't matter. She's no replacement for her mother. Right. And, um, you know, you get a lot of moments like that. And then, you know, she tries to initiate basically gorgeous and like put her scarf on her and she throws her scarf away and then turns away dramatically. And there's a freeze frame of her turning away dramatically. And it's just, there's a lot of really cool visual moments and it's a lot of ways to, feature cliches in a new way and again i appreciate that yeah there was a lot of moments like that um but the the movie in itself was fine um it it did make sense at times but like i said with the subtitles and and uh, having to try to take notes all at the same time maybe if i give it another another view i'd be able to catch some of the stuff that i missed um, because it, it just seems to go off the rails really fast. The second they get to to where they need to go to the house, they come up to like a uh, a watermelon stand, um, and obviously the watermelons look so fake; they look like balloons. <laughs> mm-hmm. And of course, Mac wants one of those uh, melons because that's that's her character. She wants one. She's constantly eating, so um, she grabs one. And later on, that that comes into play. Um, but she takes her watermelon. Everything looks fine, and and there's obviously uh, like a creepy watermelon stand guy who's like pointing to the house and telling them, "Yeah, that's the house right there," you know. And then the, the girls leave, and then he's talking to the camera, going, "Oh, we haven't had visitors in a long time." And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's that's a total cliche right there." Yeah, he's the harbinger of evil, and again, you see that in Cabin in the Woods too. So like, it's just like. It's got all these points, so it's actually good that you notice mm-hmm. because th- I think that's what they want from you. And to me, you can watch this movie in, in a couple different ways. You can watch it like a normal movie, or you can separate out each individual scene as its own vignette and its own short film. Right. Because they all have something different to offer, and it does get crazy. The whole reason I enjoy it is because it's so crazy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, just like in any other movie, the girls get picked out one by one. And there's a lot of deaths, and the deaths get more and more creative. And mm-hmm. that's all of the fun. Yeah, that's tons of fun. I mean, the first one that I could remember was um, Mac, who goes... She, she goes to try to find her watermelon, who what she... I, th- I think she left it by the well or something, so... She tells the girls, yeah, I'm going to go get the watermelon after they just ate. And she wants to go get that watermelon. So they were having this big feast. She takes off. And um, and then no- nobody could find her later. She's just hanging around. No- nobody can find out where she is. And then uh, I'm not sure who went after her. I think it was Fantasy who goes after her. Um, yes. To, to go find Fantasy- her. Because Fantasy... Fantasy is the one who, like, realizes what's going on immediately and nobody believes her because of her imagination. Right. That's why she's fantasy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> she goes to she goes to the well and she's like, oh, she didn't even get her stuff. And she's, like, pulling the, the bucket out of the well to get some water. And uh, um, Mac's uh, decapitated head is in there and it's, like, talking to her. And 
it, it was really strange because she like throws it and then it kind of twirls and it just lands on her butt and just starts biting. <laughs> she, yeah, it bites her right in the butt. Yeah, and then well, the, she's hungry. <laughs> well, the good line is that she goes, "It's tasty." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As she's chomping on the butt, and then she just takes off running. It's great, and of course, when they go back, because they're gonna, they believe her at first. They look, and it's just the watermelon. It's not even a head anymore. So, You're right. Um, there's also an evil cat that's involved, too. So the cat is very important. Um, but um, my favorite scene involves Melody. Okay. Later on in the movie, um, we see Melody is entranced by this piano. And she's playing sheet music that's just been sitting on the piano. And you hear this theme song throughout the entire film. And it's a good little tune, and she plays it, and then the piano starts to eat her. Yeah. It bites her, it turns all these crazy colors, it eats her, it decapitates her, it strips her clothes off. There's a lot of nudity Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when the girls come in, it's her uh, dismembered fingers still playing the tune. (laughs) And it's just, it's so, I can't explain it. It's so fun. I'm I'm pretty immune to gore. So if, if you don't like gory films, this is probably not one for you. Right. But um, I found it really entertaining and really funny. It is supposed to be humorous. It really is. It, right. If you, I mean, think about it. It's a piano eating a person. So mm-hmm. it's going to be funny. Right, yeah. As far as gory goes, it's not too gory because it is very comical. Like you, you can see that it, it's it is very comical. I mean, when Max Head comes out of the out of the well, um, it just it looks funny. It doesn't look terrifying. It bites her in the butt. I mean, that that's supposed to be funny. So, um, and and when it does eat her, that does also looks very comical. <laughs> yeah, it it really is. There's a lot of comical stuff. Even the stuff that I think is supposed to be taken seriously, like um, uh, there's a point that gorgeous, you know, is in looking in the mirror and sees her aunt and like sees like herself in her aunt and it's supposed to be some sort of poignant moment and then her face turns to fire i guess it's it's a very strange effect where like her face falls into pieces and then using a video effect um wherever her face falls off there's like a fire effect behind it and then she just becomes like a silhouette of flames and I found I find that hilarious because it doesn't really I don't know if it's supposed to be funny or not I really can't tell but um, it just looks so silly it looks like a bad karaoke effect um, which is very Japanese (laughs) but yeah those are some good examples I know there's other stuff that happens it's pretty crazy yeah there's a ton and then it kind of seems like the ant is is like um, joking with fantasy at times (laughs) cause um she after Max gone, um, there's another scene that comes up later on where I don't know what they're doing. They're eating, um, and Mac is like, or not Mac. Fantasy's like looking at the aunt, and then the aunt opens up her mouth, and there's an eye in there, and she's like looking at her, and only Fantasy can see it. Um, so that that kind of made me think like, oh, I guess the the aunt is the evil spirit, and she's like eating the girls to. Um, to gain strength because in in the beginning she was she was in a wheelchair and then all of a sudden she starts standing up and uh, i think it was gorgeous who was all like oh and you're you're standing like i thought you couldn't walk that is what's going on yeah absolutely so it was really really strange (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, and then if if you're if you're listening to this and you're someone who really loves horror films and you kind of know how these stories go, you might have guessed fantasy does end up being our final girl. So um, it's it it follows all the all the tropes, all the cliches, but again, I, it, it's in a really enjoyable way, and I can't. Every time I watch it, I see something new, and that's when I know that I've found a movie that I really enjoy. Right, yeah, we talk about horror cliches, but how, with how old this movie is, do you really think it was uh, doing the cliches, or was it the first that did it? Um, I don't think it was the very first. If, if you think about this, I believe, I mean, because some people consider the first slasher film to be Psycho by Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are, like, established cliches, and I think they even work in, uh, or I think I, I think the archetypes go all the way back Um to literature so maybe maybe in horror films this was early and I definitely think as far as a self-referential horror film this is very early um, but it makes sense that it would be Japan who would do it first um, they have they have a broader sense of humor especially in their films um, they will go silly at the drop of a hat even during a serious film so it really doesn't surprise me that it had to be Japan to do this sort of parody, serious horror that's also an art film and also this, you know, like, it it, it, it falls in line with Japan's history in film that they would be one of the first to do something like this. And I really enjoy it. I'm going to keep saying I really enjoy it because I really do. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it is an enjoyable film, very visual, um, a lot of uh, crazy death scenes that you won't see coming. Um, so, yeah, th- this movie it was good, um, did have all the cliches, like we said. Um, there were a lot of fun scenes. Like, I honestly, th- I, when Kung Fu started fighting all of those pieces of wood, and she's all like, well, I can't remember what she said. Um but like pieces of wood started to come into life and then she was just like um karateing them all and, and and bringing them all down and she says something that i thought was comical but i didn't write it write it down and i should have but i thought that was funny yeah there was something she said like it was a piece of cake or something and and or i i can't remember either but you know it, it just has a lot of fun little moments i will say if we're gonna say anything bad about it um the ending goes a little long. Um, that's where it really becomes an art film because I think the director really just wanted to finish out all the experiments that he really wanted to try. And there's some things that don't make sense. Um, is it fantasy? Fantasy is in love with her teacher and her teacher's going to come visit them at this house. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it gets a little creepy. There's there's little creepy Japanese things too, like involving girls panties and stuff so there's some stuff that's not entirely above board but you know they keep wait they keep saying everything's gonna be fine once mr toho or whatever his name is tojo Mm -hmm. gets here and he doesn't get there we we go back every once in a while to see his journey and he's taking his sweet time because he has no idea what's going on right and you know he has a funny little scene at a noodle house and (laughs) his his storyline ends in a very strange way. He finally arrives. He meets the watermelon seller. And the, he says, I don't like watermelon. I like bananas. And then he starts losing his mind and hitting his head saying, banana, banana. And then the next day, um, the new stepmom comes to rescue the girls. And 
the teacher has become a pile of bananas. So <laughs> that makes zero sense. I can't explain that. There's no amount of dialogue that can explain it either. It's just a weird experimental art thing that the filmmaker wanted to do. So there are things that happen in the last 10 minutes of the movie that are completely unnecessary. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the the ending, I didn't really understand what was going on. I just know that they were reading the, the aunt's diary and uh, they were trying to figure out what was going on. And, and then, like, the end of the movie just comes very suddenly. Yeah, there's a climax and it should have ended right after the climax and it unfortunately keeps going. And you're left feeling a little less satisfied than you would have been if it had ended like 15 minutes earlier. Yeah, it should have ended 15 minutes earlier. Or even with the ending that they gave us, I would have settled with like um, like all of a sudden a dream sequence happens. And Gorgeous is like back inside her house. Like when she was talking to her, her the, the picture of her mom and on her bed. Um, it goes back to that. Like she wakes up and then she goes, oh, maybe I should give you know the the new mom a chance and then it was all a dream that would have been a better ending to me that would have been much better because they have something similar to that where the the stepmom sees um gorgeous in her bridal wear and she's in like a traditional kimono and like they have like tea together and you think that they're gonna make out or something like it gets very romantic for a minute (laughs) and they could have like they could have made that point with what you just suggested for sure yeah it would have been better um, but I mean, the ending we got was very sudden. Um, still, you should, if you feel like watching this movie, definitely do it. Even though you're not going to understand the ending, just know that going in. Enjoy it for what it is. Enjoy it for just watching a horror movie that's supposed to be very comical. It's going to make, it's not going to make sense at times, but just go with it. You're going to like watching this movie. Um, I think you're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, if you're like me and you um, get bored saying, seeing like the same horror film come out, and I get really bored really easily with like franchises, um, I'll be fine for the first couple movies, but like once you get into five, six sequels and you're just seeing the same thing over and over again, I get really, really bored, and this, this movie will not bore you, I promise. Right, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun, you gotta watch it. And um, I enjoyed it, and I'm not really much into these types of movies. Like I said, I don't like subtitles, but I watched it. It was fun. Um, most of it was visual effects, even though if you do watch it without subtitles, you can kind of get the gist of what's going on just by the scenery, which I think the director did a good job doing that. Because, um, uh, yeah, I mean, that's one thing I wanted to talk about, too. All the sceneries were so fake, and a lot of the times... They were they were like looking out into the scenery, all the girls, and they're like, "Oh wow, it's so pretty out here!" <laughs> and it just looks so fake to me. Yeah, you kind of have to just believe them. They're just kind of looking at the backdrop of a studio. Yeah, and and at one point, like when they were getting off the bus in the beginning of the movie, um, you can see that there was like like a um, like like a frame behind them, and then I was all like, "Huh," because they were doing like a long shot, and you can see the whole valley, and then there's like a little area where there's a frame and then all of a sudden the camera moves to right in front of them and you can see that it looks like they're behind that that scene oh yeah it's it's again i think that was parody i think that was on purpose i think that was making fun of old hollywood um it's it's like a it's like a car it's like a a a wood panel backdrop with like swiss alps painted on them and it's hilarious because it really it when they do the 
the wide shot. There's gorgeous Japan behind them, mm-hmm. but um, they do the close up in front of this wood panel, and it's it's really <laughs> funny. I think it's meant to be the bus stop. Yeah. So like, it there is a logical reason for it to be there, but it it doesn't need a logical reason. It's just a joke, and it's great. Yeah, it is very great. So this movie's full of those things. I highly recommend it if you want to check it out. If if it's a movie you you want, if it's something you need to watch for Halloween, go right ahead. I think this movie is going to do the trick for you. Yeah, do it as a double feature with Cabin in the Woods, and you're going to have a great time. Yeah, I second that. Even though I haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, but I'm probably going to watch it now. Oh, you have to now. Yeah, you're going to love it. <laughs> we'll have to. So yeah, I guess that's that's all we have to say on this strange movie. Um, any final thoughts? I mean, if if you don't believe us, you can really you can look up House on uh, YouTube. Just watch one scene, and uh, you'll be hooked. So, yeah, thanks for letting me talk about this. I really anyone that's seen this movie that I know has only seen it because I told them about it. So, <laughs> <clears throat> excuse me. So it was it was really nice to have a platform to talk about this underappreciated movie. Nice. Yeah, well, like I said, Jenny brought it up. She said, hey, um, you're doing that Halloween podcast. Let's talk about this movie. First, I was skeptical because I did. I like well, actually first I was on board because I saw that it was 90 percent Rotten Tomatoes. And then I saw the trailer and then I said, uh, um, how did this get 90 percent? So then I watched it. And and honestly, c- coming from me, it, it was a fun watch. So I, I recommend it to as 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 just something to watch because you got nothing else to do. Definitely. (laughs) Cool, cool. All right. Well, that's going to do it for um, this episode of the Halloween podcast. If you'd like to send any questions, comments, suggestions, you can send those to the Halloween podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Halloween podcast. And we are also on Twitter at the Halloween pod. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go ahead and go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Those always help. Or you can go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash amazingadvertising. Go ahead, uh, give us a small monthly donation. Those always help to uh, keep the lights on, to pay for hosting, to get better equipment, all that good stuff that goes into doing this awesome podcast for all of you guys. All right, so that's going to do it, and um, I will see you again tomorrow with another Halloween episode, and have a good night. Bye. House. しくて怖いのよ。日の光が。かからないわ。ご所有。<笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑>